friend Justin Kentrill joins me in person today, and we have been buddies since we were just little boys trying hey. to have a good time. <laughs> but uh, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, I'm blown away at the opportunity to get to join you and your listeners. I mean, you've had great men of God in this office doing this uh, podcast from Bobby Wade to uh, yeah. uh, just recently the amazing C.P. Thomas um, yes. and the fact that you are asking me to come in and just have a conversation with you I am humbled and, and definitely honored um, as you say never say you're honored to be here but <laughs> um, definitely honored to yeah, be able to, to sit down totally to honor you man but then I went back and I remembered that you and uh, brother Nathan Santo uh, literally sat here and ate Taco Bell on your podcast so <laughs> Did. I figured, you know, wow. it would definitely be fun. So you're a total loyal listener. Oh, since, yeah, I can't say since day one, because I don't know if I caught the first handful of episodes live. But um, after that, yeah, every Friday I'm waiting for it. And you know about it. If I don't see a, if I don't see one come across on a Friday morning, I'm asking you a Sunday. Hey, just yes. where's, where is that podcast at? It gives me something to yeah. listen to. Well, haven't, hasn't this podcast been a part of like you and your wife's date nights? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there for a while. We were, we haven't done it recently, but it would be. Uh, Friday afternoons, we uh, or evenings, be playing card games or whatever at the kitchen table, and and have uh, Justin C. Gleason uh, oh, sitting there playing in the background. Funny. Yeah, um, but my my oldest son loves it. He listens Good. to it every week, and uh, it's definitely a family adventure uh, when we turn this on and talk about it. Good. You know, man, a lot of people ask me; they want to talk about my content, but they also ask me, "How did you get into this?" You know, what kind of inspired you? When did it all start? And I tell them, actually, before I was a preacher, I was a podcaster. And they look at me like, what? And I said, yeah, I used to record myself. Yeah. <laughs> me and actually another Justin, a Justin Cantrell. So actually, you were my first guest. <laughs> we, well, we were co-hosts. We were co-hosts, yes. We would record, but, uh, but you know, oh, man, I'm, I'm turning 40. In Next than, month, right? Yeah, in less than 30 days. In wow. less than 30 days. And I've been thinking a lot about my childhood, and I have a lot of memories of us. Yeah. Well, we met. I was six. You were seven. Wow. Yeah. I moved here to Kansas City. Wow. So, yeah, we used to uh, have sleepovers, my house, your house, and yeah. we'd record ourselves. With two different taped recorders. Yeah. One one that had the uh, DC Talk cassette tape in it, yep. and one that had the recording tape in it. And we would talk in the recording tape, and then we'd hit play on the other cassette player, so it would play the music like we were the like we were on the radio. Um, oh, man. Bumper music. Yeah. That's where it all started. Yeah. Audio Adrenaline, <laughs> DC Talk. Uh, yeah. yeah. Newsboys, all yeah. of them. Man, those are great bands. Oh, weren't they? Some good music. Yeah. Yeah. I hear Newsboys is still out there, but I haven't yeah. I haven't listened to them in a long time. Yeah. Well, I, I think their sound is still catchy. Yeah. I'm still 14 in my head when it comes to music. <laughs> but yeah, and we did. And you know, we never had any notes. No, no. It was just like we're doing right now, just talking. Uh, you know, yeah. most of our jokes, because we were raised in church, a lot of our jokes and our content came from other church members that we found funny. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that uh, without any names. Without any names. I definitely remember one of them being 1-800-TWINKIE. <laughs> So yeah, that was. Uh, I don't a, remember all the content around that, but I that for some reason we we found the number one eight hundred Twinkie on the back of a Twinkie box. Yes, and that became uh, one of the church members' nicknames between the two of us when uh -huh. we were doing our recording. So yeah, it just goes to show you can have creativity by what you see and yeah. what you've experienced, and put the two together, and you have a totally new, funny, for creative, sure. insightful thing. One eight hundred. Twinkie, <laughs> acting like we were calling it, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, and yeah. So we talk about church people, school, us, uh, Christian music, life. Life as a 10, 11 year old boy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> little boys just yeah. having a good time. But I remember a lady, no names. Yeah, she's not a part of our church anymore. But uh, sweet as can be, heart of gold. But uh, it seemed like. When the Holy Ghost wouldn't hit anybody else, it would hit her. Yeah, I know exactly. You remember what about. we would say? Yeah, she shot. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. you. You created that. Yeah. She shot. And I think that came from uh, if I if we're thinking of the same individual, the reason she shot was because her bobby pins would fly all over the sanctuary. Man, they would. Her head would start going, and her bobby pins would fly. And yeah, yes. Was <laughs> yeah, it would just get really loud. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, uh, sometimes God would move, then other times it was 
But I don't ever think she did it to draw attention to herself. No, I think it was just personality. Yeah, I'm sure she'd been through a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. But we didn't understand that at 10 oh, years no. old. No, not at we all. We just would be on the front row and right. turn around and look, and you'd say, she's shot. Yeah. <laughs> or you'd say, she's about to shoot, she's and then she would to, shot. Yeah, then she would go. <laughs> you could predict there it. There she goes. You knew it all too well. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of Dad's messages, I mean, conviction would move. And yeah. I mean, you just, it'd touch your heart, and, you know, you had to shoot yeah, shot you shoot. <laughs> you had to do it i remember you know this was kind of like memories i had in the late 80s of church and mostly ladies would do it they wouldn't get up and run around they wouldn't dance the 90s was a lot of running and dancing and shouting mm-hmm. but it was like people just sat in their pew and shot their legs and their arms straight just out. straight out and just started dancing <laughs> sitting there yes and she would do that yes she would do that so things have kind of changed a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and I feel like that it's really changed. One thing I was just talking to my dad about recently is, you know what I really miss? I really miss preachers ripping off their suit coat and throwing it at somebody. No. You remember when people used to do that? Yeah. Ministers used to do it every time. They just throw it and somebody would be there to catch it or they'd pick it up off the ground. And they'd go <laughs> hanging on your chair. Nobody takes their jacket off anymore. Why is that? Uh, Man, I guess, man, I haven't thought about that. You know, I kind of do like the suit coat. You, th- you threw it at another minister on the right, platform uh, or a kid on the front row and they yeah, take it. Yeah, um, uh, Brother Hernandez, every time he preached. Man. Every time he preached. It, it would start with the suit coat, and then it would turn into loosening his tie. And by the end of it, his tie was off, his coat was off, his shirt was, you know, unbuttoned the first couple buttons so he could breathe. And, and he was just big pile of sweat. Oh, yeah. Um, just getting after it. Man, he was some, and I miss yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's because a lot of us are on camera now yeah. and we think nobody wants to see our fat yeah a little bit more <laughs> of a, while we're preaching. <laughs> a little bit more of a presentation yeah, if you will. i don't yeah you, you don't really see a whole lot and that a lot of us got not, it's stuff in our pockets right maybe our phone is in our pockets or notes we made about the counseling session we had before right. our service and we don't, don't want, want nobody to discover that to see it. i don't know yeah i don't take off my coat much when i preach no, maybe we don't get as hot. That used to be a Sunday night thing. Sunday, yeah, it was definitely a Sunday night thing. And maybe a lot of it was a crowd psychology. Like I'm taking my coat off now, so it, now you need to pay attention. Time to get serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it worked. Yeah, it left an impression on me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't see hardly anybody do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brother Hernandez, he was a get the coat off guy. Brother Stone King doesn't take his coat off. Mm-hmm. Takes the tie off. Yeah, he loosens his tie. Well, he, right, he'll he, take he, it off. He takes take it, it off. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then rolls it up and sets it on the pulpit. Yeah, yeah. No coat off. Yeah. And maybe some of us are carrying guns, <laughs> which want the jacket to come yeah, up. underneath the jacket. Although yeah. there is a guy I don't know his name. I'm pretty sure he's from one of the Carolinas, North or South Carolina, and somebody showed me a video of him. He takes his coat off at altar time, mm. and he's got he's got a inside the waistband gun, walking oh. around praying for people. Yeah. You okay. know, the church Facebook Live, praise the Lord. Yeah. So there's that. They're safe. You are listening to Justin C. Gleason. Please consider following and keeping this podcast playing in the background of your productive day. Give a five star rating and support by giving through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. It's 2022, the year we prevail. Yeah, but that was a great era to grow up in in the church. Oh, yeah. You know, gospel music was still big. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was before internet. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't really care about, even if you didn't start on time. Right. I remember sometimes service was supposed to start at 6. It wouldn't start till 6.10, 6.15. Nobody cared. Right. No, I actually, uh, when you asked me to come on here i was reminiscing kind of like you probably were and one of the most memorable memories i have of our youth group um and our um time together as you know peers in the youth group was you know back then it was sunday morning sunday night services Mm -hmm. Um, sunday morning for sunday school sunday night for church Um, but that pre-service prayer remember remember in that sunday school room in the old building 
there was that Sunday school room off to the side that we would do our pre-service prayer in. Mm. And there was times that God would just come into that pre-service prayer and just kind of take over. And next thing you know, you could hear the music kind of playing, but none of the young people were in the sanctuary because they had already started service in the adult, you know, in the main worship area. Um, And then eventually the youth pastor or somebody would come in and grab us and we would have to walk in that side door to that sanctuary um, and all of us just weeping and just under the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Um, But that presence would transfer from the prayer room for the youth into the sanctuary um, and I'll never forget there was two or three different times that you know God's presence would come in um, and next thing you know it turned into a Sunday night prayer meeting where preaching yes. never happened and and it was just from that um, that presence carrying over from that pre-service prayer that we were having as a youth group um, and then seeing then our parents and the other congregate the rest of the congregation seeing that presence and us you know some of us were literally drug into the sanctuary um just because we were so under that presence and it was mm-hmm. so thick um man you remember that oh yeah you remember those, those there was only a couple of them that i really remember but um i definitely remember that dark sunday school room yeah it was off to there. the right it was off to the right like and then if you we walk in the main doors down the hall to yeah, the right oh yeah yeah, yeah the pre-service prayer yeah, there, there was powerful prayer meetings. We really got a hold of God before church even happened. Right. Yeah, I remember uh, a man who is still in our church today. Um, he got diagnosed with cancer. And a lot of us in the youth group who loved this man heard about it. Mm-hmm. And we walked in there, gathered around him and prayed. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, no more cancer. Right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Yeah. It was some something. powerful times. We had a lot of fun in the youth group, but we also had some. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Well, you, we also had a lot of powerful, powerful God moments. Oh yeah, I think we had a good balance of when it was time to get spiritual. We got spiritual. Oh yeah, we gave a hundred percent to spirituality. We did. Then when it was time to be silly and stupid, get in trouble, we gave a hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent. Do you remember that camp? Uh, this was another memory that came to mind whenever I started thinking about it. Do you remember that year at camp where? We all stayed up all night long, uh-huh. <laughs> all night long, um, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? Shaving cream at people, each other. And, oh, yeah. you know, just having, you know, doing what they do, you know, doing what you do at camp. But this was, they had no longer, they had moved it from what was Gateway at the time. And it was yeah. at a campground. Yeah. And we were in a dorm, like a barracks type of situation. Mm-hmm. And I remember them turning off the lights and the counselors literally walking up and down the bunks waiting for us to fall asleep and everybody would get real quiet for about 10 minutes <laughs> right about the time somebody right about the time the counselors would have thought that we were going to sleep and then somebody from three bunks down would yell something ridiculous and the whole barracks would start laughing oh, yes. and those poor counselors <laughs> being almost 40 years old now being looking back i'm like those <laughs> we were jerks yes. but we were having so much fun yeah we had a lot of, a lot of a good, good time yeah those are great camps that was down in eldon missouri i believe so i can't yeah, remember exactly way out. It, had, it had the blob yep had, had a blob, the blob and way out in the sticks yeah missouri district has always had great camps and conventions great stuff for yeah. youth group kids to look forward to and it's it's still going on oh and i still every time i drive to st louis drive past that hotel in columbia right i mean i i my eyes just automatically go to that hall is it i think it's a holiday inn or a drury right off of stadium mm-hmm. boulevard um and that was our convention you know yes every year uh, in the springtime that's where we were at and that mall um you know they shut it down for lock-ins and mm-hmm. and just you know really great memories then oh yeah yeah and some of the those spiritual experiences are still with me to this day. Oh yeah. Like to me, there's no other way to have church. Yeah. There's no other way to be. No, <laughs> because yeah, this no. was, that was the nineties. It's funny you 90s. said that because I remember, I remember there being one service. It was probably like a Friday night, one of the very last nights. And you may not even remember this cause it was just one of those random moments, but um, we were sitting there. It was really hot, really, really hot in the, in the, convention center that we were at yeah um and the door was open propped to the outside and so i kind of snuck out off to the side um and just sitting there just 
basking and everything that was going on mm. right inside and i'll never forget it was you um and our good buddy james sims yeah. um we we were sitting out there we you came out and he came out and and we had a whole conversation about how this is the life that we have to live yes um this is this is it we cannot walk away from this truth um and i i'll never forget that conversation mm. um although eventually I, ghost. yes uh although eventually i did um end up walking away for a short time um i'll never forget that conversation that us mm-hmm. three had um just us three guys in the presence of god just talking about you know there there is no other life so don't walk away from it exactly um, so shout out to james sims oh yes yes <laughs> you know speaking of james um do you remember the summer of 2001 i graduated in 2001 and we had sold our church building to another church so we had to go to meeting on Sunday afternoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no Sunday morning or Sunday evening church. Right, it was all Sunday afternoon. Right, and uh, so uh, we'd get there and have church. I think we'd started at one. Yeah, classes at one, then worship at two, or maybe it was like classes at two and worship at three. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Then after church, we'd all go to Godfather's Pizza or whatever. Right, which uh, man, I kind of missed that. Yeah, <laughs> and then we come back and jam, jam. No, you, me, yeah. James Sims, Michael well, and Taylor. Even, even before that, um, when it was the AM PM services, you know, there was that music store right down the street. Um, worldwide music, worldwide yeah. music. Yeah. Um, and so we'd go grab some lunch after the Sunday school service. Um, go to worldwide music go grab some taco bell or something and then we'd just jam just jam me on the drums you on the bass <laughs> michael on the guitar on the on the keys and yeah james on the organ and and we just had jams <laughs> i don't know if you, you know and we didn't sound too wanna, bad i don't know if you want to tell this story or not but uh, one thing that really stuck out in my mind was, it. um it's just us here <laughs> it's just us right um there was a time period that we were listening to, uh, you know, that ACDC or not ACDC, uh, DC talk, uh, audio adrenaline. Um, and, and you had come across some bass player that you had found played his bass with a washer. You remember this? Yeah. A washer, a metal washer that you would use for like hardware. And you brought it to one of these jam sessions. And I remember you playing the church bass with this washer and Dude. somebody coming in and realizing what you were doing. And we ended up getting in quite a bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, Can't do that with a church instrument. <laughs> no, no. Again. Yeah, I think that 13, was Shannon 14. Harris. Was it? Shannon Harris came in yeah. and he's like, guys, we got to protect our equipment right, here. None for of that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah I well, don't know. that was the worst thing we did. I don't know why we thought okay. it was smart to play the bass with a <laughs> yeah. metal washer. But, um, yeah, I remember that summer. I remember you you were the only one that knew how to turn on the soundboard. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to. None of us knew. You knew how to do it. You figured it out. Yeah. And we made some tapes. And I remember going yeah. back and listening. I thought, we, well, we sound pretty good. Right. There was one year. That might have been the same year that we uh, that we played for camp. I remember. Yeah. We played we sure for camp. Did. And I mean, in my own opinion, we were the best act that played at camp mm-hmm. that year. Um, when their little talent show thing that they yeah. did. Yeah. Um, we rocked. I think that was the, that was the, you wanted to play the drums on that song. And I really didn't know any other instruments. And so they put me on the organ. And James showed me three different chords that I could play over and over again. And so that's all I did was over and over again. And it worked. And it it sounded great. Well, we called ourselves Switch for that reason. We switched around. All of us knew how to play two of the instruments right <laughs> and i was the only one that really didn't i knew how to play the drums you did you did it. drums organ i could do bass and drums man i miss playing the drums <laughs> all of that i couldn't play the drums nowadays the music oh, is man. it's nothing but fills and crazy well, these 14 year old 15 year old boys in this church make us look oh yeah like a, like a monkey with cymbals yeah <laughs> yeah well jackson you know jackson yeah, my, my oldest yeah. he he's playing and uh he has a set in his basement in our base in his bedroom in our basement and uh and you know he's grown up knowing that i played the drums for the church oh, through yeah. most of my teen years um and so whenever he uh he got this drum set in the basement i sat down and i started trying to play and he uh he looked at me and goes dad um do you need a metrodome <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Said, dude it's been it's been years since i've played we never uh, had those. No, nobody no. played with those. No, the earpiece that kind of kept beat for you. And no, and the worst was when you got one of those old time songs that the beat was do do, you know, yeah, the, the double snare. Hard. Oh, they were so tough. 
So tough. It's a weird rhythm. It was. That 40s, 50s. Yeah. And, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. But yeah, I remember I remember those jam sessions. So yeah, we 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 were podcasting before there was podcasting uh, with cassette tapes. <laughs> we get serious and then start telling stories. Yeah, <laughs> putting people in the church in weird places <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of that. Man, if you ever find any of those tapes, you know, I looked. I, I wonder. A few years back, I looked, and with mom and dad moving to um, moving to Africa and uh, yeah. and moving into the mission field, a lot of that got you know thrown yeah, out. Or well, who listens to got, tapes? Anymore? Right, I don't even, I don't have yeah. a cassette player anymore. So yeah, I don't either. But maybe they'll turn up somewhere. I know I had some. I remember that. Yeah, I remember because ha- I made tapes even when it was just me. I would do that. I'd have bumper music with another. Uh, stereo, mm-hmm. you know, would even turn the volume up so it's not yeah. just it would turn it up slow, slow so you'd so it in that now. now, right? So and it was '90s rock. What right. do I use now? A '90s sound and rock. Yes, <laughs> I haven't changed a bit. <laughs> you haven't changed at all. <laughs> I haven't changed a bit. Why change? Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, we had a great childhood, great church, fun, and sleepovers, man. Yeah, you guys always had great sleepovers. We did. It was, it was church always. kids and school friends. And yeah. I remember one dude uh, stuck his hand in a bowl of warm water and it, it worked. Did. It did work. <laughs> was, that was the, that was the same, that was the same one that uh, we thought it'd be funny to barely stick a Tic Tac up somebody's nose and they, they breathed in um, and it kind of got stuck. It disappeared. It did. It did. They ended up blowing it out, but. Oh my God. Uh, good thing we didn't have cell phones back yeah. then. That, bro, back th- things were like. I don't know, like even just in school, on the bus, youth group, wherever, wherever you were, it, there was always that element of danger yeah. for us. Not no. anymore. No, no. <laughs> Which is probably a good thing. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine a 12, 13, 14 year old kid now uh-uh. doing the hand in warm water and another no. kid or no. sticking mints. No, that, <laughs> that other kid would be triggered real quick. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden you'd be in counseling sessions and. Yeah. Probably triggered, yeah. Probably pre- charges counseling, pressed. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a different world nowadays. Oh, it's definitely, humor's changed. Yeah, very much so. Nobody laughs at themselves anymore. Huh? No. Like it's... I remember you making fun of me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're best friends. Yeah. We right. made jokes. You know, the only time you got in trouble is if you made a joke towards a girl. Right. I got in trouble with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> don't yeah. do that. You don't, you don't keep joke. it around the guys. Yeah, keep it around the guys. Know your audience. Know your audience. But yeah, we just, uh, I don't know, you know, and we didn't have internet, no mm-hmm. social media, but we were so, all so connected. Yeah. And had so much fun and made fun with just whatever we had have fun with right know? no we're in a really weird age group you know because we remember the dewey decibel system yeah you know we oh, remember yeah. the yeah. yellow pages um right. we remember collect calls um from a payphone. i do but i also as long as i've remembered is since i was 16 17 years old i've had a cell phone yeah. you know so i uh, we we are in that really weird age group where we remember the days pre-technology mm. but we also know how to depend on technology too um, because of when it was introduced i was what i was fifth sixth grade when the internet first came in my home mm. um, and it made that weird dial-up noise and we didn't know what it was happening we thought it was broken um but yeah mm-hmm. definitely changed definitely weird i remember coming over to you your house and you guys had juno Juno, yeah. And you had sent an email to another missionary son. I remember that. Hmm. Or a missionary. Yeah. I can't remember. I I, I haven't thought about that now in in years. It was Brother Ward in Africa. Brother Ward. Because your parents were thinking about going, all of that. Yeah, Brother Ward is your dad. Pastor uh, Gleason is the one that took my parents for the first time to Tanzania with uh, Brother Ward. Mm-hmm. And that's where the um, their calling essentially started. That was early '90s, mm-hmm. um, and they essentially came home and said, "We're moving to Africa." Wow! <laughs> and I said, "No, thank you." Mm. I was in sixth grade, um, and so they uh, they said, "We respect that." You know, uh, you know, we'll we'll wait until your bro- little brother graduates um, before we go ahead and move on. So wow. I'm one of those really weird MKs. I wouldn't even consider myself an MK or a missionary's kid because I was already out of the house when they 
up and sold everything and, and moved mm-hmm. to Africa. Um, but my whole life, I knew growing up that I was going to be, you know, my adult life would be spent, my parents living in wow. another country. Wow. Wow. You've been over there. Right. Uh, recently, yes. I actually just got to go uh, this last November with uh, your dad, uh, Pastor Gleason, and Caleb, uh, your little brother. Um, awesome. Yeah, life changing. Tell, tell me about it. Tell me about life there, church, everything. Uh, what about it? I mean, it was, I mean, first of all, getting to travel with Pastor Bishop Gleason, um, that yeah. was life changing alone. Um, I know for you, he's dad. But to me, he's always been pastor. Of course. Um, and so getting to see him on a daily basis um, in a home environment, um, traveling with him, um, it was just that that part was just impeccable or in, incredible. Um, not to mention Caleb. Caleb's so much younger than you um, that by time he was to the age of me really getting to know Caleb, I was I was too old um he was too young we never really got to know each other growing up sure um and so getting that time getting to know him um and now that he's my my two boys as youth pastor um that was just awesome that he got you know that i got that time with him um and got that experience um the most impactful thing about that trip you would think it would be the church you would think it would be the services um you would think it would be um you know, the poverty, which of course, yes, I've never seen that level of poverty in my life. And it definitely mm. gave me a new aspect and a new perspective um, of what we have in America. Um, but I'll tell you just what, what really impacted me was my parents. Yes. Um, it, I think I went over there expecting to see something different, but I didn't. I saw my mom and dad doing exactly what they did here in the States, mm. just in Africa. Same spirit, same loving people, same taking care of, you know, just the random person down the street. Um, we had some really good church services. Wow. Same presence of God, same anointing. Um, Caleb did a great job preaching that first night there. We were there. Um, but the most impactful thing for me was when we went to the market with my dad seeing my dad interact with these people mm. and how the uh, French speaking yes French speaking um, and just seeing the the faces of these merchants light up because the missionary is coming to their tent oh that's cool and just seeing him love these people unconditionally was just it it, it makes me want to go back it makes yeah. me want to go back and just hang out in the market with dad all day um, I love the church, the church services. Um, I love the experience of traveling in a third world country. Um, the international travel was cool. I've never been to Paris, so I got to go to Paris airport. Mm. You know, those kind of things were cool. But what I really want to do is I want to go back and just spend a full day at the market with dad um, and just watching him interact with people and loving people, um, and which ultimately leads to discipleship, wow. which is, it so, was pretty cool. So they're glad to have... A missionary from oh, America yeah. in the community. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's neat. The impact. And it's real easy for MKs, um, I would assume, uh, to kind of get bitter at the fact that mom and dad aren't around, um, especially mm. when you have your own kids. I've got a two-year-old son here that has only got to see him a couple times. Um, thank God for technology. Um, we can FaceTime. We talk, you know, almost, you know, two or three times a week through video mm-hmm. chat. Excuse me. Um, So we're able to keep in touch a lot better than what we used to be able to. Um, But once you see, once I saw them in their element, once I saw them loving people, it took all of that away. Any Mm -hmm. kind of, any kind of resentment or any kind of questioning, like, why aren't you here for your grandkids? Why are you over there? Why would you choose this life to live in such a dangerous third world country? Once you see it firsthand, you understand. Mm-hmm. I could never imagine mom and dad living here in Kansas City, working retail, and just serving their local church. It's just wow. they they I, they wouldn't be happy. Um, they wouldn't be being used the way that they are truly meant to be. Mm. Um, and so that was so impactful. Um, just seeing mom and dad in their in their environment, um, seeing them in their passion uh, firsthand. 
Wow. Well, truly, your parents have sought the kingdom of God first, and the Lord saw this you know, years ago. This was his plan all along. Yeah. Oh, you remember, uh, you may not remember, but one uh, ch- uh, Sunday school memory, uh, we were probably in the same Sunday school class, and mom and dad did a musical presentation for one of the things, and the title of it was, Lord, Please Don't Send Me to Africa. And there was what? a whole song, Lord, please don't send me to Africa. I, I remember that song, and we did it at the old building, and this Whoa. would have been early, early 90s, before they even probably went to Tanzania uh, for that first time. It was just a random, you know, So it's a song, skit. it's a joke. Like, yeah, it was a skit. Got them available, but if you would mind not doing right. this. If you're going to send me anywhere, don't send me to Africa. Um, and lo and behold, here they are. Wow. Uh, in West Africa. Well, <laughs> what you joke about, God is serious about. <laughs> right. Wow, I didn't know that. What a yeah. story. I'd love to. I'd love to find if somebody has an old VHS tape of that, um, which I don't know if they, you know, they would. But uh, it would be pretty fun. Well, to you see these go back boxes here in my office. These are old cassette tapes and VHS that we found in the old area that we're finishing off in the church. Yeah. We saved a bunch, Yeah, you know, and uh, there's some other people in the church that have still got old VHS. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to, we're working on that slow project, but yeah, we're, you know, looking through old archives and if I find it, (laughs) we'll, we'll, we'll put it on YouTube, man. That is cool. Wow. Well, that's neat. You got to go there and, and see all that and see your mom and dad minister and, Mm. Yeah, that's just uh, yeah, man, I teared up when you started talking about that. But uh, I love when your parents come back and show pictures and videos and give us the reports of you know what the Lord is doing over there. It truly is special. Yeah, absolutely extraordinary. And uh, you know, continue to pray for your parents and all that they do. And missionaries have always touched my heart mm. ever since I was a kid. I loved missionaries. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I guess it's sacrifice mm-hmm. is what just moves me to tears. Yeah. The sacrifice. And, and a life of adventure. A life of adventure. I mean, there is no, I don't think that there is any kind of life that you can live outside of the life of a missionary that is truly a daily adventure. You mm-hmm. really don't know what you're walking into every day. You're constantly traveling internationally. Um, you know, you're, you're, your time at deputation, you know, when you're here in the States, you're, you're constantly in a different church, different church body, um, some large, some small, you know, and you, you never know. I mean, my sister and brother-in-law right now are on the deputation field. Um, and you know, you just amazing watching these, watching that part of it from the outside, looking in, watching that part of it is, it's just an adventure. It's an adventure of life for sure. Yeah. Uh, you go overseas and talk to missionaries more often than not they're American Mm -hmm. that's what God has raised us up to do right so that's just so special that God has raised up your family to do that I remember uh, Caleb telling me when he preached the uh, church uh, didn't give him a check they gave him a chicken a chicken a live (laughs) chicken they paid him with a chicken it was still alive which is uh, worth a lot yeah (laughs) They're probably good. That, uh, <laughs> that chicken, that chicken woke us up the next morning, cock, uh, um, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the chicken was gone, and everybody was like, "Where'd that chicken go?" Well, mom had given it to uh, one of the ladies that helps her out at the house to feed their family. It's nice, um, but yeah, yeah. The Justin C. Gleason podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and more. Please leave a five star rating and a great review. Contact me at justincgleason at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. And share this episode with your friends. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level. Man, uh, man, we're talking about a lot of good stuff. Uh, Coming back to... We kind of briefly talked about a moment we had together at convention, and you mentioned walking away from the Lord. And uh, the real term is backslid. The politically correct term is you got spiritually discouraged. Right. Right. But that all happened in your late teens, but now you're restored, you're renewed in your walk with the Lord and in your uh, connection to the church. Um, 
I get messages from listeners who are discouraged spiritually. Hmm. They're backsliding. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who, I mean, they're they're way out there and they want to get back. What do they do? What do you need to start doing to mm. make it happen? Don't stop coming. Mm. That's the biggest thing I can encourage somebody. Don't stop coming just because you're questioning. That was my downfall. Um, in my late teens, uh, wow. in my late teens, right around my sophomore year, um, I met a girl in school and we started talking and we started dating. Um, and whatever you would call dating as a, you know, 15, 16 year old kid. Um, and that kind of opened the door to me being curious to what this world that I had heard so much about was about. Um, growing up in church, you know, my whole, my whole friend group, my whole orcost, everything that I knew was focused and revolved around the youth group and mm-hmm. church activities and calendar and daily, you know, everything was church related. And so when I met her and I started getting outside of a couple of buddies that I've had since elementary school from school, it opened the opportunity for me to be exposed to a little bit more than I had been in the past. So freshman or, you know, sophomore, junior year, I was still here. I was still being, I was still a participant. I was still hungry. Um, I was, but I was also without realizing it's still questioning. Um, and then you mentioned selling the building and you go into Bible school. Mm-hmm. Um, not blaming you per se, uh, but there was a group of us that kind of kept help, that held me accountable. Um, the Brian Fectors, the Ryan Vanderforts, oh, yeah. um, the Justin Gleasons. Um, there was a group of older guys in the youth group that had all moved on to Bible school and I was here. Well, at that same time, if you remember, there was a change in youth pastor leadership. Sure. As well as change in location. So the structure was a little bit different. And so it kind of opened the door for me to be able to sneak away without anybody noticing, but mom and dad, Uh mom and dad could notice. But during that same time, you said you made the comment that I was the only one that knew how to turn on the soundboard. Well, that's because I was really involved in the theater program in my high school and got really involved in the production. Okay. Well, what I didn't realize was I transitioned my ministry attributes for the church from the platform on the drums to the soundboard. I would never recommend Whoa. a seventeen-year-old that's questioning everything to be able to bury themselves behind the soundboard. It's very easy to get lost back there. It's very easy to get distracted Dude. back there, and it's very easy to not get as much because you're so focused on making sure that there's no feedback and making sure that you're turning on the right solo mics and you're not able to truly be a part of the service. Hmm. And so that transition from the drums to the soundboard was kind of the start of it um, because then it turned into when the, with the change of building um, and the change of leadership and the, you know, youth pastor role. And then all my buddies are gone. They're all at gateway at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, It just became really easy for me to be able to start stepping away. Um, And yeah, it turned into about 10 years of me not really being angry. I never left because I was angry at God or it was more just, I didn't, I, I always had this, God is my personal savior, so I don't need the church to be a Christian. I can have my own relationship without going to church. Well, that's doesn't work. Like that's that. a lie. That's a lie. You have to have the church body. Yes. You have to have those church services to keep you encouraged. Um, and it was very mm-hmm. easy for me to um, that and growing up in a family of ministers um, and all, all of my buddies going into a pastoral role um, or into a Bible college setting. It was very easy for me to have the mindset of if my paycheck and if my future doesn't come from the UPCI or from a local congregation, then is it really worth being there? You know, um, as well as if I'm not living the exact quote unquote apostolic life that I need to be living, you know, am I a hypocrite for being here raising my hands? And those little lies is what the devil fed to me uh, for those first couple of years of 
you you don't deserve to be here you uh you know you're you're living an alternative life or not an alternative but an, another life outside of monday through sunday saturday um you know why are you here on sunday well then that turned into a very legitimate reasoning for me um to the point i remember having a conversation with my mom and she asked me if i was going to go to church on easter and i said no because i didn't go to church the week before and i didn't go to i'm not going to go to church the week after i'm not going to be a C- <laughs> i'm not going to be what your dad calls a ceo member of christmas and <laughs> easter to laugh, but that's just no funny. no and, and it's it but in my mind it was true i wasn't going to show up it's, on easter sunday or point. christmas sunday if I wasn't going to be there the week before or the week after. Um, but luckily, uh, not luckily, but thank God, um, he, uh, he brought me back and yes, he did. Uh, definitely a great story in that as well. Well, man, you just dropped some bombs on us. Grief. <laughs> wow. I also have listeners reach out cause you know, I talk a lot about relationships, dating, mm, healthy marriage. relationships. Yes. You know, <laughs> man, that is stuck. Yes. I'll be somewhere and somebody will just walk up to me, not hi, how you doing? They'll just come to me and go healthy relationships. <laughs> that's, oh, that's awesome hearing you say it live. It's, it's kind of stuck with people. And you know where that came from was I was watching, it was in the lockdown, these dating apps, whatever, that's how they would all say it. They're like, I'm finally in a healthy relationship. Now, I exaggerate a little bit, <laughs> right. but that's what it was. Right. Yeah, I, I guess that's, I mean, who would have thought you could find love in an app? Yeah. Or <laughs> whatever. But uh, people that talk to me, their their marriages are falling apart. Mm. You know, in the process, divorce are divorced. And just reading people's messages that write in, they're, they're just in agony. Mm-hmm. in a very sad situation and you've been lawfully divorced legally biblically all of that and you came through it all and prevailed mm-hmm. and it's just an amazing story do you got any advice to a listener right now that's in church out of church coming back in church whoever and so and just some advice on what can you do to prevail you know and be saved and keep on going in life well my story it, it really it comes down to a praying mom it really does man um it really comes down to parents that continue to pray for me um, because like we just talked about, you know, there was about a 10 year gap there that I wasn't a part of this church body um, or anything to do with God. Um, I got married young, 22, had a baby. Uh, Jackson, he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, uh, shout out to Jackson. Yes, Jax. Um, but uh, him and my, his mom and I got married young. Um, we had been married for about five years. And um, and it came to an abrupt halt. It came to a very quick ending um, without any kind of pre-warning um, or anything of that nature. Never really saw it coming. Um, if you would have asked any of our friends, nobody would have guessed it. Um, mm. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. During that time, like we've already talked about, mom and dad were in Africa. Um, my sister mm. and brother-in-law were in Africa with them. And actually, my little brother was with them as well. So I was alone. I was alone here in the States. Um, I had my circle of friends, but my circle of friends was also her circle of friends. Um, and it really, it was a very dark, dark place, a very dark time for me. Um, very lonely, um, trying to be a single dad, trying to figure that out. I've never, never dreamed that I would end up there. Um, and it was actually, a, a Wednesday night. Um, I don't know what told me I needed to get to the prayer room. Um, probably kind of going back to our story of those powerful prayer meetings in the prayer room as teenagers. Whoa. Um, but something said, you need to go to the prayer room. And so I knew it was a Wednesday night. I knew the church was open. I had only been in this building maybe once in that, mm. in that time period. Um, but I knew where the prayer room was and I knew the doors would be open because of Wednesday night service. And I'll never forget. I came in, I snuck in the side door and I went straight to the prayer room. Um, and I just laid there and I just cried. I just mm. cried. Um, you came in and prayed for me. Your dad came that. in. Your dad came in and prayed for me. Neither one of you tried to counsel me. You never tried to talk to me at that time. You just let me cry. You just let me cry out, scream at God. I was so angry, um, and I just I didn't know where else to go. I didn't know what else Agony. to do. It was, um, and so the only way, the only place that I knew that I could 
feel safe in talking to God was in that prayer room. And so I came in and I, and I did, I let it all out, stuck around for service. Um, but that was kind of the beginning of me starting to come back and me realizing that a life without God, a marriage without God, it's not going to last. There's no hope. There's no joy. There's no peace. Um, and so it kind of gave me, I still tried to make my marriage work for about a year after that time. Um, ultimately it didn't work out, but you know, that draw, that initial draw to the prayer room was what kind of started my healing process without me even realizing it. Well, and you know what's, wow. uh, you know what else is amazing about that? I didn't know this until a couple of years later. Um, and you would have been around for this. I was not when we were building this building. Um, before when the concrete was poured, but before the carpet was laid, I guess you guys had prayer meetings and people would write in Sharpie their prayer request. Oh, yeah. I was there. Um, I didn't know anything about this. I found out a few years later, Jess, I was no more than 10 feet from where my mom had written my name down on that concrete in that prayer room. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea, but it was almost like God drew me right back to that spot that my mom had prayed for me so many years ago when I was completely lost, completely walked away, but she wrote my name down on that concrete, and when my world came crumbling down, where did I end up? 10 feet away from my name. <laughs> right? Uh, wow. I don't know where the laugh, cry, or talking tongues. Right. Or I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> no, amazing, amazing. Very uh, special, and very spiritual. And that's just the, the beginning stages, right? And then um, from there, you know, the divorce has happened, and uh, we have a great co-parenting relationship now. Excellent. Um, you know, everything is great. I'm remarried to my lovely wife, Jamie. Yeah. Um, happily married for about well, we got married in 2015, so about seven years now, and we have a little two-year-old now of our own, and uh, he is the joy of our life, a little yeah. Sawyer. Hey, man, yes. Yeah, you prevailed. Yeah. Through Only all by of God's that. grace. Only by God's and grace. And a mama's prayer. And mama's praying. Awesome. Well, thanks. I know that's... I've learned a lot through this podcast. It's not always easy to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But it is always easy to hear somebody else talk about it. Right. And I I know it right now. Somebody's listening to this and just like, they're like, ah, I got to get to the prayer room right yeah. now. <laughs> you know? Well, and prayer and just, and that daily prayer life. Amen. Um, that's something that did start after that prayer meeting um, or after that time in that prayer room um, and a couple conversations with uh, Pastor Gleason about just how do I get through this? Um, you know, that was something that I implemented. Mm-hmm. three or four times if not more a week turning on some music Jackson knew this is dad's prayer time I'm in my bedroom if you need something come get me but for right now leave me alone um, and I would turn on some worship music mm-hmm. turn the lights off and I would just cry sometimes I would cry sometimes I would yell sometimes I wouldn't even do anything I just sit there and meditate but I'd have to make sure that I took that time because mm-hmm. when you're going through something like that you're you're just trying to get to the next day if you can mm-hmm. get to the next day, you're good. Um, sometimes it's just get to the next 10 minutes. So if I can get to the next 10 minutes, I'm mm-hmm. good. Um, and so those wow. those prayer time with me, my music, and God really helped me just get through that next day. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, it's I've gotten through a week, and then mm-hmm. I've gotten through a month. And here I am 10 plus years later, <laughs> um, you know, feeling great. Would you say that was spiritual coping? Not a good term for it. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Spiritual coping, mm-hmm. I think. I think that's the best thing, right? To do is vent and <laughs> everything to God, right? He can handle it. Yeah, because everybody else wants to give their input. You know, everybody else wants to give you counseling advice, or they want to, and it, which is good. It, it all has its time. I definitely went to counseling for yeah, about but a from year, a counselor, from a counselor that could give me insight on what could I have done different, what did I do that may have caused it? Um, I did a lot of self-growing. Um, one thing that your dad advised me not to do is 
Do not jump back into another relationship. Give it a year, at minimum of a year, so you do not carry that baggage from one relationship to another. That's wise. Um, And I listened. Um, Now, (laughs) it's not saying that a year and one month I wasn't trying to go out on a date because I definitely uh, wanted to, you know, but um, (laughs) definitely took that time to get to Uh know myself, get to know what I could do better and and definitely Mm -hmm. grew. Man, we have a beautiful family. It's just amazing what God has done. Oh. You know? So maybe somebody right now feels like they, they'll they never marry again. They'll never, you know, can never have kids or any more kids, but now you're married again, have a beautiful baby. Any advice on, I know you've already said a lot of great stuff. Anything else, you know, in your mind for that somebody can do and hope for, you know, to remarry. For a healthy get, relationship. To get a healthy relationship. Um, be yeah. patient. There you go. Be patient and let God do it. Don't try to do it yourself. Um, I tried to do it myself when I, you know, that year came up. And like I said, I was ready to, I was ready to jump right back into something else. I was a single dad. I needed help. I wanted that companion. Um, so much so that I took a train ticket down to St. Louis to take a nice young apostolic girl out on a date in hey. St. Louis. Uh, no names mentioned, but okay, it, uh, <laughs> it, it turned out to, you know, for me, for me, I needed somebody that was going to grow with me. I needed yeah. somebody that was going to grow with me in this. And I knew, I knew that. And so trying to, trying to start a relationship with somebody that was already 100% vested in this apostolic truth, it wasn't going to work for me because I wasn't there yet. Uh-huh. I was getting there, but I wasn't there yet. Um, and that's where the testimony of my wife comes along. Um, and, and how the one thing I, she's actually a old high school uh, classmate. <laughs> she was actually really good friends with, um, the girl I talked about a little bit ago, that saw so, that sophomore high school girlfriend, they were best friends. Um, so I knew her from high school. Um, but the one thing that I remembered about Jamie Pearson at the time was that, uh, she loved Jesus and she Absolutely. was not ashamed of it, um, even in high school. And so when we reconnected 15 years later, um, you know, I knew that about her and, and I was excited to see what God would do. I didn't know. Um, but ultimately it turned into her being baptized and receiving the Holy ghost. And, and I knew, I knew wow. that she, I knew she was the one that was, I was going to grow and our ministry would flourish through, you know, our relationship and through God's grace. <laughs> All things are possible with God. No, you would have never guessed. Never guessed. That truly is a beautiful thing. I love you and your family very much. Bro, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you. This has been really fun. This has been fun. (laughs) Just reminiscing. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Yeah, we've had good lives. Yeah, we really have. I can't believe you're almost 40. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm right behind you. Yeah. Well, I've been putting a list together of some stories. I think I want to tell the listeners and... Maybe we'll come back to more stories and some yeah, of those sleepovers and staying up all night playing Nintendo and all of that. But, uh, man, I love you, bro. Hey, I love you. All right, man. Talk soon. Yes, sir. 